0: You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory.
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Impact. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am joined by the stellar stellar i say agent ah, smith
0: mr bilyeu what's up honey you know it's just it's been a great day
1: it has been a great day
0: yeah. jo- enjoyed our little uh company lunch holiday celebration yes. it was very nice
1: and can i say that i actually got a phone call from our boy thaddeus bullard aka titus o'neill really today yeah it was actually a lot of fun what'd you guys I talk really about? like him um He's doing a ketogenic diet, so Lisa and I were talking to him about the um, anti-inflammatory properties, and so he's going to take a look at it. Uh, Called me up, put me on the phone with his nutritionist, and uh, yeah, we we briefly anyway talked about ketogenics, but he's somebody I'm going to make a prediction. That I actually end up getting to know him better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He seems like I, a really good guy. Very good dude. It'll be I interesting like to know. see what the ketogenic diet does to his wrestling. I'll have to watch yeah. closely for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's going to be flying higher. Right? That championship, man. Yeah. I'm telling that you, belt. it's coming. It's coming. This one was a lot of fun for me, being a fan of wrestling. Yes, which, so.
1: by the way, I was very <laughs> surprised by. So yeah, it was a little secret. Our, our own Agent Smith is very much at now a non closeted fan yep. of the WWE, yep. um, which I didn't see coming. I'll vote you most like intellectual in the company. Okay. Like most likely to smoke a pipe, most <laughs> likely to have a physical library in their house. It's like true. all of these it's things true, are true. Yeah. And so when you were like. I'm way into the w. I thought you were kidding at first. No, if I'm no. I, I
0: well it's it's sort of come in two waves in my life. So I was really into it in like junior high and into high school mm-hmm. a little bit. And then I kind of fell off, but always sort of had a fondness for it. And then over the last year or so, just like slipped back into wow. it. And I really enjoy watching it. I love it. And the whole storyline, I just, I get really excited. So we got nice. to go to uh, Monday Night Raw right. right after the taping. Yes. Um, Titus was so gracious. He invited us to, to go Amazing. witness. And it was a lot of fun. That's cool. I was like jumping up and down and yelling. <laughs>
1: and he wrestled that night?
0: He, we actually didn't see him that night. Boo. Yeah, unfortunately. That's but, nice. you know, I do follow and watch Worldwide, nice. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, but yeah, um, let's kick it off. So, everyone, this is After Impact. This is the show where we unpack the impact yeah, of this week's episode with Titus O'Neill, um, WWE superstar, a uh, major uh, uh entrep- ph- ph- philanthropist, <laughs> philanthropist, yeah, philanthropist, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> philanthropist is the word I was looking for. Um uh, entrepreneur. I mean, what else has he done? The guy's he's uh, Hall of Fame athlete. Mm, like he's just yeah, done so he, much.
1: Hall of Fame uh, for the Florida for University of Florida, f- Florida, right? Which very incredible. And just his his transformation story is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna definitely get into that. But first, I want to start with something you guys started with in the interview, which is um, was was his clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were having a conversation before the show started taping and it was just about cause he came in like looking sharp. To the nines. Yeah. To the nines. Homeboy is a sharp dresser. And he said, you know, he was he's always been big on dress for success. And when he didn't have the means, he was always wanting to, um, you know, to to have nice clothes to show mm-hmm. that like he was he was serious about what he wanted to be doing. And so I wanted to ask you, like, because I know you talk a lot about self-signaling and the power of like clothing and what it says to us when it says to other people. And when you dress, are you dressing more for yourself or more for other people to show them what you're about?
1: Wow. So that, that's really hard to pick apart. Honestly. Um, it's both. So I definitely, and the irony of having this conversation while I'm wearing my Christmas shirt <laughs> uh, is not lost to me. But the, the funny thing is, so I just wrote the newsletter about that. Oh really? About how that. you can manufacture authentic emotion. And the way that I do that around Christmas is like the most extravagant way that I go about it. And so part of the reason that I get so into Christmas clothing and I've got Christmas socks and shirts and sweatshirts and hats and like all of that is in putting that stuff on i remind myself to be more jolly right yeah. to to focus on that sort of childlike quality that comes with that kind of thing so um it very much is for me it's also a signal to other people to say like i really get into this stuff and you know um is a potential connection point certainly when i'm wearing like this is my uh, for those that are on the podcast i'm wearing a star wars themed christmas shirt and the irony being that i had a christmas sweater on which was also star wars by yep. the way Uh, Yoda dresses Santa. And I said, oh, I actually didn't plan to wear this. I'm going to take it off because I'm really hot. And I took it off and you burst into hysterical laughter because underneath is another Star Wars Christmas shirt. So um, it it really is powerful. And to really bring it back to the way that Thaddeus does it, when I was coming up in business, I dressed nice, Mm -hmm. very nice. And cause I wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah. And I was always terrified to be in a meeting where I was the least dressed. And I remember I used to text uh, my business partners like a crazy man, like what are you guys wearing? What are you wearing? Like uh-huh. I always wanted to make sure that I was never what they always called the blue jeans kid. Uh, and okay. then I remember um, as I started being around more and more successful people, sometimes you'll actually see the most successful person dressed the lowest. Yeah. And I remember one time I was talking to this guy, who was the wealthiest guy that I knew. And he was, like, so dressed down. And he basically said that, like, Don't you know, the person that's the most successful, they can dress however the hell they want. And I thought, one day, man, one day I'm going to be able to roll to an interview and everyone in suits and I'm in jeans and a t-shirt because I can get away with it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, and that really for a long time was, was like something that I aspired to. And then obviously end up having the kind of success that I want. And it, but it doesn't come from a bank account. It came like long before I was bank account successful. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And I know in this meeting, like I'm going to be able to get people to go where I want them to go, that they understand that if they can leverage my mind and my skills, that they'll be able to get where they want to go. And that's when everything changes. So, but what I like about what Thaddeus was saying is dress for the job you want, not the dress, not the, um, the job that you have. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really smart. And so dressing sharp, signaling to other people what you're about. And, and I'm sure for him, a lot of it is reminding himself of like the level that he is and, and wants to remind himself of. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And another thing that attributed to his acceleration and growth was back when he was a teenager and he went to the, it's the sheriff's ranch, right? Yeah, And he said that they put him in a group with the older kids because he was so big. Mm. And he said that really helped him like mature faster because they were just ahead of him and he was having to kind of like play catch up essentially. So I wanted to ask you, Is that something people should seek out? Because not everyone's going to have that experience either growing up or, you know, into adulthood. Should you seek out a more advanced group of people? At all times. Yeah. At all times.
1: Now, that's easier said than done because if everybody's looking for the more advanced group, then it gets really hard. Sure. Um, But yes, like if if you can, 100%, you should be seeking it out. If what you prize in life is progression, right? So if you prize progression, then truth should be the only thing that you care about. So being around people that know more than you, even though that's probably going to dent your ego a bit because you're not going to look like a stud. You're going to be the guy that's just constantly learning and asking questions. But when I say that I get giddy, to be around people that know something that I don't, dude, I get giddy. Because I know how it translates into something usable. Mm-hmm. And that for me was was just a major shift in my life when I stopped thinking about how does something make me feel in terms of cool or powerful or whatever. And started thinking about, okay, why is knowledge powerful? Like what do you actually use it for? And once you start focusing on how I'm going to use this, leverage this to actually become capable of something that I wasn't capable of before, like that's where it just... That, that literally is the juice of life for me.
0: Do you have any tips for figuring out what that group is for our listeners? For there?
1: figuring it out or yeah. for getting
0: into it? Figuring, like identifying it and then inserting yourself Th-
1: These it. days with, okay, so I was going to say these days with social media, it's actually very, very easy, but you may not have a connection to any of those. So actually getting into the group, which I want to make a knock on, um, becomes very difficult. So here's what I would do. I tell everybody that I encounter what I'm up to, right? Mm -hmm. You've probably seen me do that a thousand times. Yeah, I'm always telling people what I'm up to. I'm always broadcasting here with the cameras on. But even before we started filming me, this was like a thing that I did. I would always tell people what I was doing. So when I first decided I was going to start working out and going to the gym, I told everybody. I told everybody who I was trying to look at, look like all of that, like just tell, 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 tell and What ends up happening, part of the reason that I do that is just to hold myself accountable, but the other part, and this is huge, is you never know who might be able to help you on that journey, and if you, tell people like eventually you hit that person who's like oh i know so and so or i can help whatever so i'm going to tell everybody just in case they know like Mm -hmm. uh, like if i want to be an entrepreneur i'd say i want to be an entrepreneur i'm desperately trying to like find people that can help me that can teach me i'll work for free uh and then there's somebody who's going to be like oh i actually know so and so he's really gifted he has this company whatever like i'll put you in touch yeah and so doing that just putting it out into the world to see like what somebody that you encounter might know. And then I would use social media to identify people ideally locally that are really thinking like you're thinking I would belong to Facebook groups and things. (laughs) I would go to networking events and just find people that know more than you know. So to make it really tactical, can we say who we're um, working with on YouTube or is that like somehow taboo? It Seems should be amazing, fine. right? Like it's free advertisement. I think. Yeah. So sure. a guy named Matt Gielan. God, I hope. I don't know why this feels weird. This is advertising for him. Yeah. So a guy named Matt Gielan, company Little Monster. Love, love, love. He's um, amazing. Amazing, right? Yeah. And he's somebody that I never would have known. Like, oh, that's the guy that you want to meet. But researching it, you come across him. You share it, right? So it's it's things like that where you can begin like collecting people that aren't necessarily famous. It's not like. Oh yeah, I know who that is, right? Like yeah. 99.9% of the people listening to this are going to be like, I've never heard of that guy. But yet he, I think is going to have tremendous influence on our decision making, the way that we think about it. So, um, doing research, finding those people, collecting them, seeing if somebody knows them, like that's ultimately how you cobble this stuff together. Awesome. Be of that world. That's yeah, a big
0: part of it. Definitely. Um, W- Titus says in the episode, and and I want to, knowing kind of, I, I obviously know deeply about your philosophy and worldview, so I'm setting this question up to get <laughs> you to respond to it for our listeners, but um, he says, there's no such thing as a bad kid, just kids in bad situations are around bad people, mm. so tell me about your response to that. Yeah, I
1: mean, that that's, I think, really, really powerful, and at the extremes, it's false, but for the 99.9% of the world, that is so abundantly true. And I just believe that people can grow in any direction that they want. Um, and I think that usually when somebody's acting out like that, a, no, I was going to say especially as kids, but I think it's even true as adults. Sure. Like a lot of this is coming from insecurity. It's coming from a wound. It's like a deep sadness, right? And so if you can get past that, if you can really get in touch with that thing they need that they're crying out for then then i think that you just watch a beautiful human being blossom in that Mm -hmm. and he's such a powerful example of this so one his mother was raped when he was 11. she gives birth to him at 12. right so i mean you want to talk about a bad fucking start man like it doesn't get any more rough than that and then of course he I think 17, learns that that is true. He didn't know that growing up, but he grows up very hard, very poor, Um, you know, just the family really, really struggling. He's very angry. And somebody tells him, I love you and I believe in you. And that one statement ends up turning his life around. And like, like literally a key into a lock opens him up to like really letting love into his life and really seeing how he can help other people and connect with them. I mean, just like crazy to think that, it, that one simple thing. Now, that doesn't mean that it's easy to find. Um, and, and I was telling him the story of the, the kid that I worked with and I don't know that I helped him in the way that this guy helped Titus. And I was trying and Titus said something that I thought was so insightful. And Lisa and I have talked a lot about this um, since the episode. Is that well it's very possible that people that told him that they loved him would then turn around and um, I forget the example that he gave the example that was very true in his life was he was being beaten by his mm-hmm. adoptive mother and so I'm sure she did tell him that she loved him but then right. what love looked like for him was just not a great relationship so mm-hmm. um, that wasn't necessarily what he was looking for from me or needed from me now that we had an amazing relationship And it's really weird to think how influential it was in my life, but just watching when you are that lock or that key in the lock and then watching someone change and develop. And I think that that can happen as adults. And I think just humans are capable of going in in virtually any direction. yahoo finance.com
0: that's awesome and speaking of love i want to talk about the story of you know titus um, his grandmother is in the hospital dying of cancer i believe and she's sitting next to another woman who's also dying of cancer who is just horrendously racist every time he steps in the room Mm -hmm. and his grandmother says go back and see her when i pass and he does and it's this profound experience where the woman breaks down and it's like No one, you know, I was hoping you would come back or I never thought I'd see you again. And it's, it's a really, it was a really beautiful story in the episode. I wanted to ask you, like, what lesson do you think people can extract from that story?
1: Well, so what I found so interesting about that story is I don't know that I would have seen it. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have known that's what that woman needed. Like I would have gotten lost in the, the anger and how it made me feel. Right. Yeah. And, and he talked about that. You know, he was like, there's no way this is what my grandmother's actually asking me to do. Yeah. And, and so I think that's the lesson is that vitriol, that anger when someone's attacking you or coming after you, like to pause for a second and, and say why. Hmm. Like when people do that, it, it says so much more about them than it does about you, like a hundred percent. Like someone going on the attack like that's not about you. Yeah. And so his grandmother, like maybe because she knew she was dying, like I don't know, man. But like being able to so look past, like because he said ev- every time he came, she would say she would call him the N word, right? Yeah. And be like, oh, there's that, you know. And and he was just like building up this resentment and anger towards this woman. And for his grandmother to, to, to know. And can I give grandmother some just major credit? I like to think she knew it would impact him. Yeah. And that she knew. Oh, I have the chills. That grandmother knew that it would be this incredible moment for the both of them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that woman wanted a hug and went from insulting him and doing everything she could to push him away mm-hmm. to as soon as he came back, as soon as he came back, she's like, she wanted a hug. Yeah. I was so afraid I'd never see you again. I apologize. And then said, you're the son I never had. Like, think about that. Like, that. she... Oh, God, I have the... My whole head is tingling. <laughs> yeah. Like, for her to, to just instantly, like, accept what she needs from him and that it's this beautiful, cathartic moment and she knows she should have been kind from the beginning. And it's just like, oh, God. Like, the way that... The bullshit is stripped away mm-hmm. when people are at at such a critical moment of being on their deathbed, but that it touched him and he wasn't. Like to see her transform before his eyes and to want a hug and to realize like that tough exterior was just all BS. Yeah. That it's just such an incredible moment. And yeah. And the final takeaway is grandma was a badass, like just insanely mad insightful. wisdom. Mad wisdom, dude.
0: Yeah, and uh, so the title of this episode is The Unexpected Power of Love, and I think that's kind of a theme running throughout. And, you know, the three rules that Titus has for his family, for his two sons are, you know, love and respect to everyone regardless of whether you agree with them, get along with them or not, um, give it your all, everything, Put like leave everything out on the field and don't use the word can't. So I think those are amazing. Like those, those hit so many different points for me. Whoa bring that back bring you guys back um what if anything would you add to that list wow um that is a great question
1: and a deep shame (laughs) that i have to stop and think about this um for me the honest answer is what he's trying to give them is the belief system by which to live Mm. and to me there's 25 of them right so it's the 25 point impact theory belief system Um, but to like isolate a few, you can do anything you set your mind to. So the way that you spend your time is a spiritual consideration, right? So once you believe that humans are the ultimate adaptation machine, you can get good at anything. Like, what do you decide to get good at? And I remember Lisa and I were just having this conversation and I was like, what do you want to be the best in the world at? Mm -hmm. And that to me is like a clarifying question. Like you can become the best in the world at something if you're willing to pour yourself into it.
0: And, and close all the other doors, yeah, as you've talked about right? before, which is really hard. Really
1: hard. Really hard. And I feel like we're actually going through that ourselves as a company, mm, yeah. like shutting some doors that I really want to leave I open. I know you do. Uh, so, But you're right. You're absolutely right. And so at a high level, that, that's the... If I was just going to isolate one thing, that...
0: Yeah, the other theme that I think is really strong running through this episode and almost became part of the title is is giving back, um, mm-hmm. and I know it's had a profound impact on Titus's life. And then also, you know, he's been on the receiving end, but he's also done a lot to help other people. And he tells that amazing story about mm-hmm. the homeless guy at his football practices who, yeah. you know, transformed his life, which I won't go into. And if you haven't listened or watched the episode, you have to go check, check it out. It out. What is your kind of view on paying it forward?
1: So I I love that, man. And really, when I'm asking people what the impact they want to have on the world is at the end of every episode, underlying that is my belief that fulfillment comes from serving other people in your Mm. unique way, right? Like, what is it that you've gotten good at that helps other people? And how can you put that to use? So... When Lisa and I were, even though like I won't say that I ever seriously considered retiring to the island, I felt like it had to be looked at nakedly. I didn't yeah. want to just stumble forward into the next thing. I wanted to say, what, what is my life meant to add up to? And That's not even true. That's not how I look at it. What I look at it as, what will fulfill me the deepest? What will give me the greatest sense of well-being and joy? And the honest answer was, if I can help other people in a scalable way, then I know that I'll love my life. I, and more importantly, for me anyway, I know that I'll have the energy to fight when it gets hard. And that, that to me is, it's, I won't even pass a moral judgment to say that, oh, it's important to get back. It's not, it's Not you live your life, do whatever you want, be as selfish as you want to be. I think everybody has that right. Okay. I just think that when you're at your most selfish to really experience deep and lasting joy and fulfillment, Helping other people become the best version of themselves is that thing like that is what's going to make you feel most fulfilled And so a I just think it is good fucking mojo to help other people and do rad things for people But it's also it's gonna make you feel better. It's gonna make life more joyful Mm. so I think it's important on both of those levels.
0: That's super interesting how those two things work together sort of helping others and feeling good about yourself It's really fascinating Now's the time of the episode where we read some YouTube comments. Nice. This one's from Brian Tobias. People really underestimate the power of failure and negativity and how much it can motivate you to succeed. This was actually the top voted comment. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It was a good one. Uh, This one is from Sonia Diaz. I loved this interview. He is amazing. I also come from a very poor and rough environment, and it is really important that someone believes in you. Greetings from Argentina, Tom. We love you. Can, can we derail for a second? Yeah, on? yeah. Respond, please.
1: Well, no, no, no. I want to ask you a question. And yeah. I'm, I'm literally, cameras are rolling, we're recording, but this is like totally selfish. I want your opinion on, I have no interest in being the impossible to please father. But at the same time, um, how do you think I should handle, especially with like interns and stuff, with the like, I believe in you, you can do it, versus the like high standards, come on, you can like get after it. Can you rephrase the question? I've intentionally withheld fuzzy praise from some of our team because I don't know how effective it is. This episode shook me mm-hmm. when when Titus said that someone saying that I love you, I believe in you and I love or I love you and I believe in you changed his life, it made me go, whoa, like I may be wrong about my withholding of what I'll call fluffy praise versus like, hey, this is the standard. Come on, you fucking got this. Like dig deep, man, get to that level, which is very different than I love you and I believe in you.
0: I actually, uh, I actually agree with what you're saying, like you have standards for a role, right? You This is where we need to be hitting at this role. And you believe in the person that they can do it, but you're still going to hold them to the standards at the end of the day. So you encourage that and you try to get them there. But the standards are the standards. That's how I think about it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And I think in your answer, there's um, not a necessarily a middle ground, but there is a way to say like, You've got this, mm-hmm. right? The standards are the standards. And we're definitely not gonna to tolerate anybody not living up to that. But um showing showing a little more like or trying to cultivate a little more personal connection on top of holding
0: people to a standard, I think is probably a very good idea. I think it also depends at the stage in which people are in their life. Mm. Because someone like in Titus's situation, he was lost, right? He was you know, he was a troubled youth and he wasn't, he was destined for nowhere. And he needed that encouragement and that belief and that love in the very beginning to get him started. It was like a kickstart, right, right, to his career. I think someone that's further down the road, that's already, you know. They've got love in their life. Yeah, yeah. they may not need that.
1: So it's back to, you have to read each person individually, the ultimate nightmare of unscalability. I know, everyone's a puzzle, right? No, I think that's so so true and I think that's going to be a a huge thing for me moving forward is really on a deep level
0: individualizing my approach to people. I mean, you're a big believer in the microbiome and how every single person's microbiome is uniquely different, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't every person be Oh, I
1: different? I know they are. You just don't. But it's so unscalable to treat every person, like to really dig deep and figure out who they are and all that. Um, But I think that 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 has been a historical mistake of mine.
0: Mm. That's a tough one. Let's do one more comment from YouTube. This is from Ray Bain. There's a reason we feel good when we're helping others. Our bodies are made to do it. Society just trained us otherwise. As hippie as it sounds, love runs the world, baby. Nice. I like that. Okay, a couple more questions here before we wrap up. Um, Titus talks about character being integral to his success and what he thinks makes champions. Um, And he has a really interesting definition of character in the episode, so go check it out. Mm. It it made me think because he was like, we don't teach character in schools. And then I was kind of like, maybe we should teach character in schools and what would that look like? So I wanted to get your thoughts on that
1: wow, man, you just triggered something really um, interesting to me. So, let's say for a second that we wanted, and I don't actually know that you'll get into this, but this is cool for me. Imagine we wanted to make America the greatest country on the planet, right? And what would we do to the educational system? Like, no bullshit. What would we do to the educational system? What would we need to teach to really fucking crush it? Um... I've never thought before this moment that character is something that you would need to teach. It may be because I take it for granted, Um, but figuring out what those like 10 core things we need to teach people are, because that's essentially what you walk away from high school with, right? Right. Writing, reading, arithmetic, like there's a small handful of social studies, like PE, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's a pretty small group of things that you really learn. Like what would that core of the core be? Um, And I think it would in, in the no BS universe, it would be things like creative problem solving, um, not yielding to obstacles, um, how to learn right how to tackle any subject and understand that you can grow and develop in that um and man character might be one of those things that like i know it works when like everybody has character like if you've got people you can trust on a handshake do you know how fast business could move like it's one of those things when you find people in business that you can just be like hey My fucking word is my bond. Like, I'm telling you right now, dude, that contracts for me are simply about clarity. Once I tell you I'm going to do something, that's fucking it. Yeah. But contracts are useful only for clarity. Now, for some people, that's not true. And they're
0: trying to back you into a weird position. Um, Yeah, so. And can I just say, being on the receiving end of that, like, I know how, like, loyal you are to, to me and to the rest of the company and the people who work here. And it's like, you don't feel, i've never been at a company and felt that way before and Whoa. so it means a lot like wow, it man, means a whole cool. lot to me but and not to say that i think things like character and integrity and sort of these soft skills and intangible qualities of being a good person are sort of taught in schools in the in between moments with mm. you know i think teachers are thinking about that a lot, a lot of the good ones are but it's not like like you said it's not curriculum there's right. no standardized how do we actually Convey these ideas to, to kids and, and young adults so that they can live their lives better and, mm-hmm. and help each other better. So interesting idea. All right, um, it was really interesting to hear Titus when you asked him the question, "What's the impact that he wants to have on the world?" He started talking about root causes of like systemic problems in society, mm-hmm. so education system, homelessness, the vet problem with veterans, um, you know, not getting care and support. And I wanted to ask what you thought of that because we're going on this journey right now of reading Ray Dalio's principles and root causes is such a big part of his principles when, you know, talking more in the company context. But, yeah, tell tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, one, I was really surprised. So if people are wondering how much of this stuff is pre done ahead of time, um, that is a the only question that we tell people we're going to ask them ahead of time. Um, But then I never know what their answer is going to be. And I wasn't expecting that for yeah. some reason. Like it was so big. And, yeah. and I just thought, whoa, like this, dude, I'm telling you, like, and I I I was just shocked that this WWE guy is so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like he's so introspective. So I was super stoked on his answer. I thought that was really incredible that he's thinking about these systemic problems and then I thought it makes sense. Like where he started to ask himself, okay, I've I've done this massive transformation, but I narrowly dodged a bullet, right? So, had it not been for the sheriff's ranch, had it not been for somebody that had the key to his lock, told him that he loved and believed in him, um, that he may not have gone on to be able to do all of this stuff. And so, looking at like, why was my mom in abject poverty, right? Because that did not set me off on the right foot. And so, how do we actually address these problems? Or like the homeless guy that he dealt with, who was like, look, I'm not some dirtbag. I. Got into drugs and alcohol and, I think, gambling. I can't yeah. remember. And I lost everything, right? But I want to rebuild. Mm-hmm. So it's like he he himself realizes I'm, I'm this... I have all this potential, but I almost don't get to exercise it. And I just see millions of people in the U.S. alone that are eaten alive by the inner cities and lack of um, what I'll call a, a empowering frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And then this guy who with help could get back on track, but nobody's helping him. And so, and Jesus, incarceration, right? And really figuring out how do we solve these problems? So there's a couple things hiding in that that I just was totally blown away by. A, he's thinking about it. B, that he is interested only in root cause. Like he's not interested in freaking out, slinging mud, telling people they're stupid. Like just, hey, really, truly, how do we understand this? And, And I love that you tie it to principles because... What I love about principles and the reason, so yesterday I was straight giddy dude last night, like legitimately I was like, oh my God, this is going to work. And the reason it's going to work is because once truth is your highest priority and you just really want to know, and everybody's an organization, nobody's slinging mud, like we just, hey, this actually is true. Um, Once you get to that point and you're trying to execute against that, then real change can be made. So I don't want to make this political, but like, things like our own political system as we drift farther and farther to the extremes and nobody like literally the only thing in good conscience that I could ever be political is in the middle. Right. Because like, I just want to be in the middle because that, Hey, let's all like get together. Let's find common ground. And that's what I loved about him. Calling himself a bridge builder and trying to bring people together, it's like, that's it. Like, that's what we have to do. Like, even if it's not optimal, I don't give a shit. Like, you've got to get people together. Like, people have got to be working together. Root cause, execute. And that's what, like, you can just feel in his answer. Like, I don't care why. I don't care what. I just care. Is it real? Is it really the root cause? Can we really have tremendous impact? And then the third thing that I loved in his answer is, The optimism, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody asks that question unless
0: they actually think that they can make real meaningful impact. So, yeah, I love that. That's great. All right, last question. What do you think is next for Titus O'Neill?
1: Well, I'm really, really hopeful that he does break into Hollywood. I know that's what he wants to do. Um, I think that he's obviously an amazing entertainer. Um, Has just crushed it in the WWE. He's got such a huge platform. I think that he's a deep thinker. So, like somebody like that, who I think if they had an even bigger platform, dude, oh my God, like they could really do something powerful. So, not only do I think that is what's next for him because I think he's the kind of guy that gets what he wants because he's persistent and he really goes after it. Um, I want it to be true. Like, I want him to get a bigger and bigger platform
0: um so yeah man that that's something that if ever we can help him on that path i would love to it's funny when he was talking about that last answer i thought to myself and i don't think this is his nature but i was like i wonder if he'll go into politics one day that's
1: really as soon as you started that sentence i thought uh that's what you were gonna say that would be really interesting and i could see that yeah i could see that like if he wasn't hell-bent on hollywood i could definitely see that and if he succeeds in hollywood i mean then it's like
0: Double his chance or more. That's true. Crazy, but true. Yeah, very so. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's wrap it up. Cool.
1: Guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of After Impact. Very, very grateful. If this is adding any value to your life, please do share it. Let the world know about Thaddeus Bullard, a.k.a. Titus O'Neil. I think more people need to hear his message and see just how far he's come. I mean, it's absolutely astonishing and it's proof positive that you can do anything you set your mind to. All right, if you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.